Hey friends, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast with Audrey Hickman-Hunter. I'm Audrey and I'm your host, and I'm so happy that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman-Hunter on your podcast player app so you will never miss an episode. Friends, if you're interested in being in a small group for listening, discussion, and actual work with a main focus on racial justice, I would invite you to consider joining my book club. Our summer book selection is Biased, Uncovering the Hidden Prejudice that Shapes What We See, Think, and Do. This book is by Jennifer L. Eberhardt. If you're interested in joining the conversation, our next book club meeting will be on Tuesday, July 20th at 7.30 p.m. Chicago time. DM us on our social medias at Pod or email us at NoRinturnsPod at gmail.com. I will link the book in the show notes. Hey listeners, welcome to our 43rd episode with Molly J. Wilkinson. This is a conversation that is part of a two-part series. In part one in episode 42, Molly shared with us about her pastry and baking passion beginning as a young child and how she began to pursue it more seriously. Today, in part two, Molly will share about what life was like for her as a student at La Cordon Bleu Paris and what she did with her training after. If you have not listened to the first part in episode 42, I'd recommend that you press the pause button and dash back there. And then once you're through, join us here at episode 43. You're for sure, for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing the rest of Molly's story of how she highlights her passions of baking, becoming a pastry chef, and teaching others. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Molly J. Wilkinson. So that was a a year program or is it a little over a year? It was one year. So there was um, three semesters, each for three months. So there's basic, intermediate, and superior. And then after that, you had the choice of doing an internship. um, Ooh. I definitely decided to do. Um, and for that, I did a uh, one month pastry, um, internship at a tiny, tiny, tiny pastry in the 10th arrondissement. Um, and I chose a pastry shop that wasn't well known, um, because a lot of the times when you work for, for example, Pierre Hermé, very well known, right? Um, it's not like you're in this small kitchen and you're you know, you're able to learn everything. You're just doing one thing. Mm. Um, They have stations and it's very much so like you're in a workshop. Okay. Right. So think about a workshop that's building toys or something. So everyone's (laughs) doing like a component. Um, Mm -hmm. So if it was a toy car, like someone's doing the tires, someone's doing the body of the car, you know, things like that. And so pastry shop, someone would do the tart shells. Someone would do like the pastry cream to go inside. And so I actually know someone who she worked for a um, very well-known pastry shop. And all she did for two weeks was make pastry shells, like the tart shells. That's it. (laughs) Wow. Sounds monotonous. Oh, yes. That's for sure. And so I'd heard that and I knew that that was most often the case um, when you get into these bigger um, pastry shops and 
So I chose a teeny, teeny, tiny one um, where I just walked in and I liked what they were doing. I liked the quality of the desserts. Um, it was just two women pastry chefs and me, and that was it in the kitchen. And because of that, I was really able to learn how they ran their shop. Hmm. Okay. And then also how, you know, you put together um, all of these pastries every day. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, how do you open a shop at you know eight or nine in the morning and have, you know, 15 different pastries in the case, right? It's a lot of juggling, I imagine. Yeah. And so it was really interesting. And I learned a whole lot, you know, even down to like what preparations were made the night before versus the morning. Mm. Like, how did the ordering go? Like, what was their kind of like cycle of what recipes that they made? Like, how did they decide what was, um, you know, good for a long period of time versus not? Things like mm-hmm. that. So. so as you were finishing and you were, as you were able to pass all of your different tests for your different semesters, and then you had your internship, what were you thinking after your internship as it was coming to a close? Did you want to stay in France? Was that a possibility with the whole visa situation? Or were you dreaming of making a bakery back in Texas? What were you, what were you thinking for your next steps? Um, I knew that I always wanted to stay in France. Um, so after being there for a year and then doing my internship, I was like, how can I make this work? So (laughs) (laughs) no, seriously, like the last couple of months, I was even looking into working for a Mexican restaurant because I was like, I don't care what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, I just want to be in France. And so I knew, um, someone who was opening a, it was a French guy opening a Mexican restaurant. And I was like, oh maybe I'll do that. I'll get my visa. I'll come back. I'll do that for a little bit. And then (laughs) I'll do other stuff. Um, But no, I I had to leave. Like my visa was up. And so I stayed up until four days. It was up, went home, had to get my tonsils out. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Got my tonsils out. And um, yeah, I stayed for a year in Texas. I thought it was going to be a couple of months, um, but, you know, with restaurants. So I did say yes to this restaurant job, actually. Mm-hmm. And with restaurants, it just keeps getting pushed back and back and back, right? And so um, my couple of months extended to, you know, kept going, you know, back and back and back. So um, I kept working on my marketing job. And I started working for different bakeries in Dallas. So I worked for a couple different bakeries, actually, um, just to gain more knowledge. Right. So to continue learning. And so I was doing marketing um, two days a week, I believe, and then working in a bakery three days a week. So it was very mental, you know, my marketing job. Mm-hmm. And then my bakery job was very physical. Right. So <laughs> I would get home and I would be just absolutely exhausted each day just with the back and forth and the the changing of mindsets and things like that. But it was a great way to decide what I wanted to do. So I could do both for the time being. Mm -hmm. And I knew in the back of my mind that, yes, for sure, I was going to try to go into baking. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I was just kind of delaying it for a little bit to just slow, more slowly make the transition, I think. Just get a plan. Yeah. See, so planner goes back to planning. <laughs> <laughs> so I had that little bit of a cushion, right? And um, yeah, at the end of a year, I ended up going back to France to uh, look for a job in Paris. So the restaurant job fell through. And so I started looking for another job and I actually worked for a chateau um, for a couple of months. Loved it. As a pastry chef? Yep, as a pastry chef. So I was making all of their pastries for different workshops that they were doing. Um, And it was a great environment because it was very inspiring to be in. But also I was given complete free range. So I could use everything that I learned in school and afterwards by working on, you know, these different bakeries in Dallas, and then just create. Um, so I just, yeah, it was fabulous. It opened up a whole new kind of mindset for myself. And then um, I got a job in Paris working at a cooking school. So hmm. did that. <laughs> and while I was doing that, I was actually, um, what you would say in French would be uh, uh, I was like increasing my rezo, so like the different people, like my connections that I was making, mm-hmm. um, and expanding that field. So eventually, I could start doing freelance, which is what I'm doing now. So, can you kind of unpack that for the for the listeners to kind of explain? Because um, I know I found you via your Instagram, and I know that you have different classes and different offerings. But can you kind of tell the listeners what that looks like exactly as a pastry chef, or in your case, what that looked like for you? Yeah. So, I just I feel like all of those experiences culminated into. Um, figuring out what I wanted to do in pastry because when I graduated I really wasn't sure like I knew that I wanted it to be abroad somewhere (laughs) France we'd be the best right but I was open to other countries and I knew that I wanted to continue learning Um, Mm -hmm. so that's what I did I did for several years I just learned from a lot of different people from a lot of different chefs because Mm -hmm. that's how you continue to grow in culinary fields. Um, I'm still learning today and I will be learning for the rest of my life in um, baking. Um, So you're never stagnant. And I love that about this position or this field, I would say. But yeah, I really didn't know. I had in my mind, maybe teaching, uh, did not want to open a bakery because for me, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. So every day, you know, you're getting out those 10 to 15 different pastries or however many that you have in your shop, right? Um, Maybe you have a clientele that's open to, you know, trying new things, but most likely it's, you know, you come in and you're going there because it has your favorite eclair or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. And that's actually what I still do. Like (laughs) I go to certain shops because, you know, they have my favorite, um, Caramel Eclair, that's why I go to Stoyer, <laughs> which is a pastry shop in, in Paris. And um, yeah, so I just knew bakery wasn't for me. Um, also, the hours are very complicated with holidays and things like that. It's your, oh, I'm sure. your feet all the time. So I actually developed knee problems after working in bakeries. And um, yeah, it's very, very physical. And also what was missing for me was a connection with people. Mm. Um, so when you're working a bakery, you're 
behind the scenes. And yes, you're creating, you know, you're getting to play around in the kitchen, which it's not like play. It's very <laughs> time consuming. Um, it's very structured. Um, you know, you have a, a schedule to follow. You only have a limited amount of time to produce certain things, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very stressful. Um, and, you know, I just remember working. I worked mornings at particular bakeries most likely that's usually what you work and you would just look out and you could see sometimes the customers come and go but um I just didn't have that contact and I missed that so for me I wasn't sure if it was going to be working specifically with clients to create specific cakes or things for events or what it ultimately led to which was teaching um and yeah that's what I do now. Um, so I teach pastry classes um, online and in person, and I just love it. <laughs> it's amazing when you see that aha moment on people's face when you know something works, so they start to understand it, or they get to that final part of you know the recipe that you're creating, and they see it. It all come together um, and it's just incredible like I've met so many amazing people um, I've continued to grow in my teaching as well so just you know you keep learning from your students and right. from other people as well and it's just fabulous great great thing to do <laughs> awesome so I know that you mentioned that you were in Paris and now you're in Versailles and so I guess I back in my mind I just had a linger on how you went from Paris to Versailles, if you could close that loop for us. Yeah, so I'm going to add another loop to it because I okay. actually lived in Strasbourg for a year. <laughs> so oh, okay. Yeah, I met a French guy and he was moving to Strasbourg and so I ended up following him living there for a year. Um, highly recommend going to Alsace and Strasbourg. Super cute. It's like going to, you know, Beauty and the Beast land. Very wow. cute. Um, and then, um, but for me, actually, um, professionally, it wasn't great. So it was very difficult. Like I was in this in between where I knew that I wanted to start teaching, but um, I didn't know where I didn't know how. So it was a very much so, you know, developmental year, I guess, in my career. Um, so I did actually start teaching, um, some smaller classes out of our apartment and they're super fun, um, really great clients. And, um, I met this amazing cook out of Gascony called Kate Hill, um, who really encouraged me to, um, teach more and actually provided a space for me at her, um, 18th century farmhouse. So I started teaching workshops there, and um, eventually what happened is um, Francois, my partner, his his, uh, job changed. Okay. So it changed to where we needed to move back to either Paris or just outside of Paris, either Versailles or right next to Versailles, which is Saint-Germain-en-Laye, and um, we chose Versailles. Um, the reason being that it's very well known. Um, yes. So a lot of tourists that come and go, right? <laughs> and it's a beautiful town. Like it's perfectly, you know, spaced in between being close to Paris, but also having a more quiet country feel to it. So 
you still had the beautiful architecture. Um, there's still, you know, the pastry shops and the good restaurants and stuff like that. Um, but it's a whole lot quieter. Um, and yeah, we love living here. We love going to the markets every, you know, every Saturday morning and things like that. And for me, um, job wise, it's been fantastic um, because we found a gorgeous apartment, mm -hmm. 18th century apartment, you know, parquet floors, um, white walls, you know, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. I'm very old and, you know, like I said, five minutes walk from the Versailles Chateau and um, this perfect space for teaching. So I have an old antique uh, table that I teach off of and um, have all my tools. And the amazing thing about it is that when people come to learn, they're learning everything, right? Start to finish, very small groups, and it's using equipment that you would have in your own kitchen, okay? So there's no fancy ovens or anything like that. And so you do see how to create a pastry cream, um, which for mm -hmm. me, when I learned it, it was a little bit complicated, right? Because it's not like making chocolate chip cookies. It's right. very <laughs> There's a process to it. And so breaking that down and saying, you know, it actually is very easy. And being able to show every single step what the texture should look like and um, giving people that confidence um, has just been such a joy for me. And uh, yeah, now I'm cooking and, you know, teaching classes online and I actually get a view into other people's kitchens too. So I'm able to say, oh, you know, stir that just a little bit longer. Um, you know, for you, you should do this versus you. <laughs> so it's, it's really cool. It's very cool. <laughs> wow. That's such an awesome and, and it sounds like pretty, pretty unique experience and kind of nice that you had a little bit head start on this kind of virt virtual classes as well as in-person classes. Yeah, it's going to be a really nice balance moving into 2021 um, when hopefully travel starts to open up a little bit more. Hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm already looking at, you know, booking classes in the fall. So we'll just cross our fingers. We're not really sure. But um, currently, I know, currently um, doing mostly virtual classes. And um, it's just a great way to connect with um, people around the world, but also to allow people to connect with their loved ones as well. So um, I often have families that take the classes or friends that join remotely. And so it's a way for them to connect and do something together, but also do something fun that has a delicious outcome. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah. This week, we are highlighting our guest, Molly J. Wilkinson, as our sponsor. She just came out with a new book called French Pastry Made Simple, foolproof recipes for eclairs, tarts, macarons, and more. Unleash your inner pastry chef with Molly's approachable recipes for all of your French favorites. Trained at Le Cordon Bleu Paris, Molly takes all of the essential techniques and makes them easy for home bakers, resulting in a collection of simple key recipes that open up the world of pastry. These are friendly with detailed directions and brilliant shortcuts. You can skip the pastry shop and enjoy delicious homemade creations. Master base recipes like 30-minute puff pastry, decadent chocolate ganache, and fail-safe citrus curds. And you'll be on your way to making dozens of iconic French treats. You'll feel like a pro when you're whipping up a gorgeous tray of madeleines and decorating a stunning array of cream puffs and eclairs. 
There is so many options in this go-to guide that shows you all the tips and tricks that you need to impress your guests and have fun with French pastry. You can find her new book in the show notes. Baruch is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With the powerful sonic technology and ultra-gentle bristles, the Baruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you leave the dentist, a fresh, whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners will get 15% off their total with code POD15. That is P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your toothbrush game. All right, I want to pivot and ask you a couple other questions before we close. So uh, I wanted to just ask you about, are there any myths that you believed about baking, about your passion before you got into this kind of full time or any myths that you hear now um, about your passion that you're thinking, this is not actually true, but I hear this all the time and um, anything you can debunk for us today? Yeah. So I'm going to offer a couple words of advice or wisdom. Awesome. (laughs) Um, So I was very, very nervous getting into the culinary field because I felt like there was going to be a lot of yelling in the kitchen, a lot of very, you know, that stringency that um, people think is there. And yes, there is the strictness. That's for sure. There honestly, there has to be. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you're doing so much. And like I said, you have these deadlines, right? I have to make X amount of macaron by this time to make, you know, make sure that they're in the case or that they're ready for this wedding that we're making them for, things like right. that. I, I I was nervous about going to the, cold, the Cordon Bleu. Um, I guess this was a myth as well. And having the chefs yell at me in the kitchen, yes. be like, you're not doing it for, you know, things like that. And that totally did not happen. That did not happen. <laughs> Um, they were very supportive, um, really wonderful, but that's not to say that that does not happen in the culinary world, right? So it's just about being careful about who you work with, choosing the right chefs, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, um, you know, the right atmosphere that you want to be in and, um, you know, you have that control over it. Right. So it's like, if I had heard that a chef didn't have, you know, the best temperament in the kitchen, then hmm, you have to weigh, right. Is he a genius in the kitchen? I'm going to put up with it. Do I have to put up with that? Like, you know, so, um, you just have to judge for yourself, right. Am I going to make use of that situation and be there for a month, learn as much as I can and get out. I don't know. Like, yeah, but there is a lot of that that happens in the culinary world. I personally, though, I've been really um, careful and I have not experienced a lot of that. So um, like I said, it is, it's just about your choices, I feel like. Um, And if you're in a bad situation, being able to recognize that and get out of that situation. But again, I haven't been in any of those situations, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess another well, it's not a myth because it's true. Is that 
a lot of hard work and it is a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, it is very physical being in the kitchen. Um, you know, I would leave and I'd be like sore the next day. So, like, <laughs> obviously, wow. what you do, but um, you have trial days before you start working for a restaurant or a bakery and they put you through the paces. So they're like, you know, can you make, you know, a 10 pound batch of pate choux? Like this really difficult dough to make on a stovetop. Like, do you have the arm muscles to stir that? Or can you lift, you know, a 20 pound bag of flour, you know, stuff like that. And it's, you have <laughs> to have, yeah, it's crazy. So you have to have those muscles or, you know, that ability that, um, you know, physique, to move around in the kitchen and um you know you start to learn like different words like you know behind or show it's hot so you know avoid me I'm carrying something that's hot you know stuff like yeah. that so um, yeah they call it the the kitchen dance and so you kind of start learning that like avoiding your teammates if they're carrying something hot and steamy you know stuff like that so um yes it's a lot of work and um but I love it it's very rewarding um and also there's a lot of things that you can do in the culinary world, right? So I'm not opening a bakery, um, but I'm teaching classes or I could go into food styling or, you know, working in recipe creation, which I'm doing for um, my cookbooks. So yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do with it. So that's yeah. awesome. As you were talking about the, the kitchen dance, I was just kind of envisioning almost like a, a kitchen obstacle course, you know, carrying the 20 pound bag, uh, avoiding people who are carrying hot, you yeah. know, pots or whatever <laughs> to yeah. their station. I think in the movie Ratatouille, they have that. Like, uh huh. Of that. Yeah, but it very much so is like that. And, um, you know, during breaks, you eat a lot of like the leftovers. So <laughs> I would eat a lot of cookies or pastries, things like that. <laughs> Don't want those things to go to waste. That's true. It's true. So yes, we, you know, had to try them out. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, I also wanted to ask, so those of you who've been those of the listeners who've been, you know, listening and hearing about your passion of baking and are thinking, hey, this is actually something I think I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And um, they're kind of just curious about what maybe some guidance or next steps or any uh, resources that you have. Um, could you kind of share uh, to the listeners who are, who are resonating, with your, resonating with your passion and looking for a little guidance and next steps? What could you share with them? Yeah, so um, the most important thing is to work at a bakery. Um, actually get yourself in that experience. Um, so I forgot to mention this earlier, but I, I took classes from a um, culinary arts school, just a small community college in Dallas, before I took that huge step of going to the Cordon Bleu. So I got feel for it. Kind right? of dip so in your toes in. Yeah, because it's there. There are a lot of people that get into the profession, and they think that it's going to be very easy, and you know, making cakes and decorating, and you know, <laughs> and that sort yeah. of thing. And um, you know, they're they're a little bit surprised, right, that it is such hard work, and that it isn't like just you know baking your own personal kitchen. So 
that would be my biggest advice is to take a job at a bakery or a pastry shop or, Mm -hmm. you know, take some classes at a community college um, before you take that huge next step of changing um, your whole career. Mm-hmm. Right. So just that, I think that safety net, that little trial run is always really good. Um, other advice would be to read a lot of cookbooks, try out a lot of stuff in the kitchen. I love the book. It's called Bake Wise. That one is fantastic. So if you're interested in learning like the hows and the whys of things and how they go together, how a meringue is created for example um that is extremely helpful really great book um and you know even watching youtube videos yeah no you just i'm constantly even doing that myself because there are so many ways to do one particular thing Mm -hmm. and so it is all about finding what you believe yourself is the easiest way to do something and um you don't know that until you see lots of different examples or you do it yourself several several times and um even me there will be some methods that i've learned years ago and i'm sure you know Oh, in another year or so, I'm going to see it done a different way. And I'll be like, hmm, is that better? You know, what do I think? And so you're ever evolving and you just have to remain open to that. And remember that um, it is a profession that is constantly changing and that's what makes it exciting. And also you're always educating yourself and learning more. And um, yeah, there's just so much that you can do. It's a very creative field. It's fabulous. <laughs> awesome. I really like how you kind of uh, summed it up with like kind of dipping your toes in, trying some, trying it out, trying out recipes at home. And uh, YouTube, I feel like we use, I use for a lot of things and I'm not sure how to do something from, you know, a techie thing to set something up or, you know, looking up a way to, of, of a how to, I think that's a, that's a great step as well. Um so thank you for, for those uh, first kind of steps. I think those are some really good um, ideas for people to get started. Absolutely. Hey, listeners, I wanted to thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a chance, could you do me a favor and hop on over and subscribe to our podcast on whichever podcast player app that you're listening to us on right now? And if you like the show, I would really, really appreciate if you would suggest it to a friend that would make such an awesome impact. And if you have a moment, if you could just go and give us a rating and review, that would be amazing. I know these things are super small, subscribing, sharing the show, leaving a rating review, but they make a huge, huge difference in new listeners finding the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here, for cheering on the No Wrong Turns pod. Thanks for subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the show. All right, back to Molly's story. All right. So before I ask our last question, I wanted you to just kind of tell the listeners where they can find you. And you mentioned your cooking book, if you want to share anything about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. So my Instagram handle is Molly J Wilk, M-O-L-L-Y-J-W-I-L-K. <laughs> and um, it's the same on Facebook. And that is the same address for my website too. So mollyjwilk.com. And I'm coming out with a book. It um, is available for pre-order now and will Ooh. be 
coming out at the end of May. Um, so it's called French Pastry Made Simple. And it really just goes back to those um, foundations that I was talking about um, that are so important in pastry. Um, so each chapter has a different base recipe. So for example, ganache or a pastry cream or puff pastry, things like that. And then it shows you that you can use that recipe to make so many different things. Um, and so it opens up, you know, your eyes to um, different creations that you can make um, after you've mastered this one recipe, right? So learn this one recipe, learn how to make these other recipes, things like that. Um, but it's also very well written, but I, I <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time going through the instructions. It's really funny. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, yeah. I think it's well written. I don't know. I hope so. I hope you think so too. <laughs> but um, I spent a whole, whole lot of time um, going through each recipe and making sure that every single step is explained really, really well. Um, because I feel like recipes nowadays, there are often some things that are missing, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen that in my classes, like, um, you know, my students will ask, well, you know, how do I store this? How long do I stir this for? What should it look like? And I try to answer all of those questions. So it's really like I'm standing with you in the kitchen. Um, it's very similar to my teaching style, which is really, I'm here to help grow your confidence, to help you feel good in the kitchen. Um, and like, you can do this, right? So mm -hmm. making French pastry simple and delicious. Well, it's already delicious, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> so I have one last question for you. And that's a question we ask everybody who comes in the podcast. And that is what is feeling you today? What is feeling your passion? So this could be anything from a new coffee drink, a new walking route, maybe a new book or a new TV show that you found. Um, anything um, uh, that's feeling your passion today. And um, so this is, Oh gosh, such a good question. Um, so the last year I've been stuck inside a lot, right? I think all yes. of us were 2020. And um, for me, it was a formative year because I was working on my cookbook. And so I was constantly in the kitchen creating new recipes and that really opened my eyes up. And um, I've noticed that really setting aside that time and making it a priority in my business has been very important. So that um, is really fueling myself. So just saying that that is what is important right now, that creativity makes me happy. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's interesting. And then also just going outside, walking around, like looking in those pastry shop windows. Um, you know, you there's so many ways to do, for example, an eclair, like I've mentioned that a couple of times, but mm -hmm. You know, um, also we've done very short, careful trips to like different regions in France. And so um, one of them was to the Loire Valley and this little bakery had a apple tart that I'd never heard of with this wine jelly on top. And it was fantastic. So um, yeah, so making creation a um, necessity, uh, a priority, and then also um, looking to my walks and um, very small travels to um, inspire me. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Molly, so much for coming on today and sharing about your, your story and your passion. Um, we have really enjoyed getting to know you today. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Friends, this was an awesome conversation ending with Molly in part two. I love getting to see an inside look on what life is really like going to culinary school and a glimpse into what Molly's life has turned into living in France, getting to see some snippets of Paris and Versailles. It was great to hear about how Molly took her passion of baking from the time she was a young girl with her mom, her babysitters, and then continued it on through her high school and her college years all the way even to her first job interview for her adult nine to five job. Then how she bravely took the plunge to fly halfway across the world to attend culinary school in Paris. And then how she expanded her passions to not only baking, but teaching each other her passion and love of baking and how to make French pastries in a simple way. I hope you are all encouraged today from Molly's story and her passions. My prayer is that you consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. All right, see the show notes for our music credits. This week's episode was edited by Sophia Bote. All right, guys, enjoy your week. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend, and I will see you back here next time. Hey, friends, you've just listened to the No Returns Pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. I'm so happy that you are here. If you like what you listen to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're bringing new shows every other Tuesday and have on some awesome guests to chat about their story and their passions. Subscribe to the No Returns Pod today with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player app so you guys will never miss an episode. See you next time.